Well, good morning. Uh, my name is Jason Beaver. I'm our student pastor here at MCC, and I'm just excited this morning to be able to come and just to start one of, a new series that we're getting into called Rooted, and we'll kind of get into that in a minute, but I just wanted to remind ourselves of, of kind of what we just spent our time doing. Uh, last month, we were in a series called I Am Blank, you know, and we filled that blank in with a, a lot of different uh, terms, uh, viewpoints of how God views us. Uh, that we are uh, his children, his sons and daughters, that we are chosen by him, um, that we are a reflection of his uh, to those around us. And so we, we took a month and really allowed that to speak to us. And we were encouraged uh, to, as we were navigating through the book of Ephesians, is to read the book of Ephesians uh, each day, to read a chapter a day, and to ask two questions. Uh, what is God saying, uh, and what are you going to do about it? And to really begin to process, what are we looking at in Scripture? What is, what is God saying to us? Who, who are we understanding who he is, uh, who we are, how he's called us to treat other people and to, to see ourselves and, and really then apply that to our lives of, of what are we going to do about it? Because Bible knowledge uh, uh, only goes so far. We have to begin to put it into practice and to see uh, what comes out of it. And we have to apply it to our lives each and every day. And so this month, we're going to be looking at a series called Rooted. Uh, to where we're going to go uh, and, and look at four spiritual disciplines or, or four habits that if we begin to put into practice in our lives, that we will see exponential growth, not only in our relationship with God, uh, but with others as well. And so uh, I don't know if you know this or not, or if you're aware. I think you are, uh, because it's pretty obvious. We are creatures of habit, right? Would you agree with that? That we are creatures of habit. There are certain habits that we have each and every day uh, that we do multiple times a day over and over and over and over again. Uh, the Duke University says this, uh, says that 40% of our daily uh, actions are based on the habits that we have developed. Uh, 40%, um, that's a lot. Uh, I can, so it makes sense why I go half the day without thinking about anything and just doing whatever I'm doing. Because uh, it's a habit that I've created over and over and over again. And it starts right away when we wake up. Some of us will hit our snooze button on our phones like seven times. And because it's the seventh time, we know it's the last minute possible that we actually can wake up and get ready the rest of our routine and get in work. Uh, others of us, the first thing we do, and, and I am somewhat guilty of this, is, is taking my phone and then starting to look either at sports or Facebook or Instagram to see maybe what I've missed uh, through the night, which makes no sense. Um, but I do it anyways. Um, and then we just have these routines of how we get ready, when we have our coffee, when we make breakfast, sometimes what we eat in each and every day so we don't have to use that mental capacity of, uh, and waste it on what am I going to eat for breakfast, banana and toast. Like my kids every morning, uh, peanut butter toast, Sadie gets peanut butter and honey, Weston's peanut butter and jelly, and then they get you know, either apples or oranges or some side of fruit. That's it. And every day. And they're okay with it. And so I'm okay with it because it's easy to make. And I can make that. So, um, so we have these habits. Um, even to little things of how we brush our teeth. Uh, how we even put toothpaste in on our, you know, our toothbrush. So we, some of us will just go dry toothbrush, paste, put it on and go. Disgusting. Uh, some of us wet it a little bit. Wet the toothbrush, a little bit of toothpaste. And then we go. And then the correct way, the only way, my way, right, is hot water, toothpaste, or toothbrush, toothpaste, a little bit more hot water, 
back in your mouth. So uh, just so you know, uh, that's a habit you should start developing today. Okay. Um, but really, we, we have these and we know these. Um, it's something that's not uncommon to us. Even many of us in this room, where, where we sit, how we uh, drop our kids off, the coffee we get, the people we talk to, all of these things, uh, we just have developed over time and have become just, all right, this is what we do and how we do. And that's not right or wrong. Uh, but the, the idea and the point is, is that we have habits in our lives uh, that will lead us somewhere um, on accident or on purpose. And so we want to see and we want to start being an intentional with the habits that we are creating and the momentum that we have. It's stated that it takes a habit uh, to form one is 20 to 60 times. And so the more we do something, the more we do it over and over again, the more it becomes rooted into our minds. Um, Albert Einstein says this statement. He says, the most powerful force in the universe is compound interest. Okay, the most powerful force in the universe is compound interest. Um, this is a piece of paper. Nothing surprising. I took it from our printer this morning. Um, and easily, uh, I think I'm strong enough, I think you would agree, that I could just take it and just rip it in half pretty easily right now. Um, but when I begin to uh, allow the, the compound interest, uh, allow the folds to become um, over, over, and over again on top of each other, something begins to happen, right? The, the paper becomes a little thicker, uh, but not only that, um, it, the, the weight that it carries, the strength that it gets uh, over and over and over again uh, becomes greater. And to where if I get this thing, I should have used a bigger piece of paper, about five times, uh, I am not going to be able to rip this. Um, I don't think. I'll try. No, I can't. And so I'm not going to keep doing it for your amusement. But, but, but the idea is, is simple, right? That when we begin to fold things over and over again, the more we do something over and over and over again, the stronger it becomes in our lives. And the same is true and needs to be true if we want to see growth in our relationship with God. That there are certain principles, certain aspects, and certain habits that we need to develop uh, that will cultivate that on purpose. Um, because uh, this statement, or, and so, sorry. Uh, but right or wrong, the longer we do something, the harder it is to stop. Uh, Psalm 1, 2, and 3 says this. Instead, his delight is in the Lord's instruction. He meditates it on day and night. Uh, he's like a tree planted beside flowing streams that bears its fruit in its season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. And so this morning, we're going to look at this idea. The first habit of is spending time with God. And when I say that, there's a lot of things that is encompassed under that idea. Uh, before we dive into that, I, I just want to just open us up in, in, in prayer as we begin to, to focus in on what God has to say to us. So we pray with me. <clears throat> Father, we thank you for this morning. Uh, we thank you for this time together where we can come collectively uh, together uh, to be encouraged as, as, as Jen even led us in worship. And be reminded of those truths of, of who you are and who you can be in, your, in our lives. That we get the opportunity to, to hear your word and see the truth that it brings. The light that it reveals to us of, of how we're called to live. How you view us. How we should view you. How we view others and even ourselves. And so Father, this morning as, as we look at this habit of spending time with you. Um, let us see the need. <laughs> the necessity of what that looks like how unique it is for each and every one of us, but that there are some common themes and threads that should be prominent in that time. So Father, be with us, speak to us. We give this morning to you. It's your son's name we pray. Amen.
Growing up, I played baseball. Um, overall, I played for about 17 years. Baseball consumed my life. Uh, I started at five years old with a nasty rat tail, um, and it was awesome. Um, I really did have one. I could show you a picture. It, blew, it was so long, it blew up my face, and I couldn't see, so I had to cut it. But anyways, um, to where baseball was everything for me. Uh, everything I did revolved around it. I wanted to learn more and more and more about it, uh, get as best as I could. So as the, you know, it says, practice makes perfect. And so I practiced and practiced and practiced. I, I learned how to, to catch a ball with two hands and to step and to throw and to field a ground ball and to do all of those things. Uh, I was sh shorter than I am now, um, a little faster as well. And my, my coaches uh, utilized that as, well, you have a small strike zone. So you're either going to get walked a lot, or we're just going to make you bunt the whole time because you're going to beat it out. And so they did. Uh, I, I became a very good bunter, and so I put into practice and would do that. Um, but one of the habits that I, I got gained uh, over some time uh, was one I definitely wanted to hone in on myself, uh, was learning how to eat sunflower seeds. Um, it was very important. I had to have something in my mouth. Like, so, so taking a handful of like 20 seeds, throw them in your mouth with the shell on and, and getting all that salty goodness, uh, you have to be able then to learn how to crack one shell, eat the seed, and spit it out. It's a very difficult task, okay? Because um, you could start choking and eat all of them. And so you really had to put that habit into practice. Um, and so one summer, or one summer, our season came to an end. I had a bunch of sunflower seeds in my bag. Uh, and I, was, I had this brilliant idea. Let's stop spending money on sunflower seeds. I'll just take some, throw them in the dirt next to my house, maybe kick a little dirt on it and water, and let them grow. And then next year, I'll have all the sunflower seeds that I want. So that's what I did. I took some sunflower seeds, threw it, kicked a little dirt on it, maybe watered it once, left it alone, walked away. But to my surprise, uh, somehow sunflower just did grow. Um, knowing what I know now that it's, it can't happen that way. Toasted sunflower seeds will not grow into a, a plant. Um, so, so probably more often than not, my mom went behind me. She took some seeds. She knew what I wanted to do. She planted it. She cultivated it. Uh, she gave it the, the right things, environment that it needed for it to grow. Because we, we know for a plant to mature, it has, its roots have to dig down deep and, and it has to begin to have certain environments that are the right sunlight, shade, water, all of these things in order to become mature. And so the same is, is true in our relationship with God and the habits that we need to develop in that. Because you have to cultivate the right habits on purpose or the wrong ones can take root by accident. We have to begin to cultivate right habits on purpose with intentionality. Or, or wrong ones are just going to creep in. Um, not that they're, they're bad, but they're keeping us from something better. Um, so I don't know what you, you think about when you hear spending time with God uh, or devotion or quiet time. Uh, for some of you, you do that. Um, and it's been something that's been built into. And so this is a reminder for you this morning and just even ad admiration of, of what that is and where your relationship with God is. For others of us, though, it's, it's something that we've, we've tried uh, maybe before and it just didn't seem to stick. We couldn't find enough time or there's a lot of conflicts came in and so it waned off or whatever it may be. Uh, we couldn't stay focused. Uh, but I believe that this habit that if we begin to really put this into practice, uh, we will see exponential growth in our relationship with God, and he will take us places uh, we could never dream or imagined. Uh, but the hard part is, is time. 
because uh, time is, is, a, is a limited thing. Um, we have so much of it, so many days. Um, we can't add to it. Um, and so most of us hit the ground running each morning and go to bed exhausted later at night. We spend our days accomplishing tasks, big and small, that keep our, our families and our lives in order uh, with busy schedules and instant access to, to social media and the noise of it. It's hard to find time left in our lives. But this is why we have to look at the habits we're developing. We have to come to a point where we realize um, that wrong habits need to stop so that the right ones can start to begin to take place. And spending time with God has to be at the top of that list. Spending time with God can be one of the most basic things we can do um, and is the most basic thing we need to do in order to grow our relationship with him. God, when he created us in the beginning, um, he, he said, after he created man, he said, I am well pleased, very pleased. This is very good. Uh, he longed for us in the beginning to be in relationship with him, even so much so that he would then send his son later in life to die on the, a cross for us so that we could be in relationship with him. He longs to have that intimate time with us. And so spending time with him looks different for each and every one of us. Each of us are unique. Each of us has certain gifts or certain talents or certain ways we, we interact and, and gain knowledge and, and like to dis display certain aspects of our lives and to hear and see. And so for each of us, we have different ways that spending with God, time with God could look. Some of you are going to like singing and dancing. You don't want me doing either one of those. Um, drawing or painting or creating something that honors him. Uh, for others, it's going outside to enjoy his creation and just taking it in as you're, as you're walking through uh, the woods or wherever it may be. For others, it's uh, talking with him with, with people and just having conversations with friends about, hey, man, did, what's God doing in your life? Or what have you been reading lately? And do, can you help me understand this? Uh, for others, it's learning new, new things about him. For others, it's serving and, and taking action in Jesus' name. Because we're all unique individuals and God, the way we're going to experience him is all going to be unique as well. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I do believe there are three essential uh, elements that need to be in this regular consistency rhythm of spending time with him. Uh, and the first one I think is probably pretty obvious uh, is, is, is this, is his word, the Bible. Um, that, and in it we see in Hebrews uh, chapter 4, verse 12, he says this, is for the word of God is living and effective and sharper than a double-edged sword, penetrating as far as the separation of soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It is able to judge the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. That this is not just some static words on a page that was written over 2,000 years ago, but that God has, has given us his word to, to allow us to see who he is in our lives, who we can be, what we can learn about ourselves, what we can learn about him and others, and, and begin how to live that out. How does that look? Uh, how do we handle conflict? How do we do certain things? How do we begin to put our trust and surrender in him? Like, this is a love letter written to us to be able to figure that out. And so we have to dive into it to begin to see and it's for all of us, no matter what season of life we're in, if we're a student, if we're working, if we're married, um, regardless of the season, uh, everyone can take their relationship with God uh, deeper by diving into his word. A few months ago, uh, our student ministry, we, we just started to have just a, 
a Bible study. Um, and so we, we started with the book of John and said, hey, we're going to read this. Um, and anyone who wants to come on Wednesdays at 430, uh, we're going to come and we're going to discuss. And we have a few students show up. And, um, and so we just started that every Wednesday. And so we've, we've read a few books now. And right now we're going through the Bible in a year. So we're in Leviticus, which uh, is rough, I will say. Um, they say, if you want Bible plans to go to die, go to Leviticus. That's what they say. But, um, so that's where we're at. Uh, but we're, we're pushing through it and we have accountability, which is good. Um, so we've been working through it for a few months now. And uh, I asked one of our students who, who attends it regularly, I asked her, um, I said, hey, how is your spiritual life, if you would say, if any, uh, has grown uh, since we've been doing this? And this is her response. And, and I wanted to make sure you guys heard this as well this morning. And, and I have permission to share. And she says this. She says, I've grown closer to God uh, by reading his word more closely. I think that talking about the scripture has let me ask questions and address doubts that I didn't feel like I could before. I also feel like my leadership skills have improved. I've also, I found out a lot of things about myself that I can work on, and I found verses that have meaning to me in places that I never thought I would. That when we allow scripture to just be there to reflect onto us and to see, okay, it's the mirror we're looking into and soaking it in, not only will we see maybe some things that we can work on, we can see our leadership, our, our just relationships, all of these other aspects of our lives begin to grow when we allow his word to become saturated and we reflect on it in our lives each and every day on an ongoing consistency. Levi Lesko says this, he says, ongoing consistency is better than short-term intensity. This is a repetition over and over and over again. Folding a piece of paper over and over and over and over again. It makes it a stronger case in our lives, and there's exponential growth that comes from it. Reading the Bible just 10 minutes a day, every day, can change the rest of your days. Let me say that again. Reading the Bible 10 minutes a day, every day, can change the rest of your days. If you're not sure where to start, uh, try an online Bible reading plan. Get on version and, and find uh, a, a plan that's going to work for you to where you can start to figuring out, okay, how am I going to do this? What, build in some accountability into it. Uh, tomorrow on our website, and we'll be throwing it out on our social media aspects too, is we have uh, created three Bible uh, reading plans that you can jump in on that start tomorrow. Uh, one's reading the Bible in a year, and so you're going to read three to four uh, chapters a day, uh, every day uh, for a year. Uh, one of them is reading the New Testament in a year, and so it's like reading a, a chapter a day. And one's reading the Bible in three years. So, um, so it's finding that starting point and figuring out what's going to work for you and find that rhythm and create that to dive into his word and allow it to begin to speak transformation into your lives. The second thing is, uh, is prayer. Um, Prayer is our direct connection to Jesus. Philippians 4, 6 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. So as we pray, we share our worries, our doubts, uh, our struggles, but we also, we're, we're thankful for the gifts that we, we've received, the, the excitement and the rejoices that we have. Um, all of that, we come to him and we just talk to him. It's the time to communicate with him. Uh, one of my favorite moments of my day now uh, is putting my son Weston to bed. Uh, Weston's five years old, and uh, before some of you have heard me before, like that was torture for me to try to put him to bed uh, because he didn't want anything to do with me. He wanted his mom, um, which makes sense. But 
eventually, uh, it's come to a point now where he just, he, he wants me to put him to bed. And so we have this routine. Mandy takes and puts Sadie to bed. I go and take and put Weston to bed. Then we'll switch. But when I'm putting Weston in bed, there's, there's a, a, a routine that we follow. Uh, I get him up in bed and we just start talking about his day. And we say, you know, what, what was good? What, what didn't you like? Or what are you looking forward to tomorrow? And we just kind of have a little small talk. Uh, and then he always has me uh, sing two songs for him, uh, which I'm not going to sing for you, but um, it puts him to sleep. So that's a good thing, I guess. Um, so he always has me sing. And then sometimes I'm in a hurry and I'm just ready to go and, and get to see Mandy or watch a TV show or do something that I think I need to do that's more important. But he always stops and reminds us that, hey, we need to pray, Dad. Um, and so he's five years old. Uh, I was definitely not like this when I was five. But he, he stops and he says we need to pray. And more often than not, he's gonna, he initiates it. And he says uh, that he, he leads it and he has me repeat it. And our prayer is really simple. Uh, our prayer is, dear God, we thank you for today. We thank you for our friends. We thank you for our family. It may be, a, hey, we pray for mommy to have a good night's sleep or, or Sadie because she wasn't sleeping well or somebody to get better. Or there's always usually something else a little there. Um, and then usually I try to end it. Um, and he's like, no, that's not how we end it. He says, we have to say, we love you, God. Then we can say amen. And at five years old, he's, he's started to understand this concept that, that I still struggle to understand, that, that prayer does not have to be difficult, that it's really easy, that it really we just begin to, to have a communication with God, and we're thankful for, for what he's done in our lives. We're thankful for the people he's put in our lives. We're thankful that he's in our lives, and, and we just have that open dialogue with him, and we remember, God, we love you. And that we can break down that, that norm of thinking that prayer is difficult or mysterious or hard, but realize it's just a simple dialogue with our Father. The, the third thing is this, is a, a distraction-free environment. A distraction-free environment. Jesus often had to leave town to go a, a, get a few moments alone with his heavenly Father. And so I'm going to run through uh, quite a few verses here just real quick. Uh, but they'll be on the screen as well. Mark 1.35 says, Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he got up, he went out, and made his way to a deserted place. And there he, he was praying. Mark 6.46 says, After he said goodbye to them, he went away to the mountain to pray. Luke 5.16, Yet he often withdrew to deserted places, and he prayed. Uh, Luke 6.12, During those days he went out to the mountain to pray and spent all night in prayer with God. And, and Matthew 14.13, When Jesus heard about it, he withdrew from there by boat to a remote place to be alone. Over and over and over and over again in the Gospels. We see Jesus begin to elevate this, this relationship. He himself, even being 100% God, said, no, I still need to get away. I still need to find time and to sit at my father's feet to be able to listen to his still small voice that's going to guide me and direct me. So I can let him know the struggles and the things that I'm feeling, uh, the accomplishments, that, the things that are going well, uh, and sometimes just because. And that they began to have this dialogue. And so I'm, for you and I, uh, it's not that we need to go each night and spend alone on a mountain. Uh, some of you may enjoy that. Um, I wouldn't. But, but it's finding that rhythm, finding that time, understanding that Jesus set this precedent and this example that we need to spend time with our Heavenly Father um, and kind of get away from the noise and the hustle and the bustle. 
And that's still going to look different for each and every one of us. But for Jesus, spending time with God was a habit that he allowed to take root. All relationships we know take time. And for Jesus, uh, he spent time with his father as you and I spend time with the people we love, our friends, our spouses, our family. Um, Mandy and I, we started dating our last semester of college. Uh, we went to Johnson University in Knoxville, Tennessee, and it was our last semester. Um, so we had like, you know, three months uh, of just together every day. Um, we kind of met each other the semester before. We were in a school play together. Um, I creepily, probably stalkerishly, maybe added her on Facebook uh, over Christmas break. And I didn't say anything. I just added her, you know. But that's what you do. Um, so we continued to, to maybe try to, I continued, she didn't. Uh, I continued to try to initiate this relationship. And so when school started that uh, spring semester, we, our classes, uh, that first week, we just had Friday and, or Thursday and Friday. And for the rest of that week, the beginning of that week, kind of getting our books, orientation, all of these things. And so a lot of people will just go and do big group outings. And uh, a group was going to the movies. There's a cheap movie theater in town um, showing older movies. And uh, one of Mandy's friends uh, asked, me, asked me if I wanted to go. And I was like, well, let's, let's see about this. Like, what movie are we seeing first? High School Musical 3. Yeah, probably, probably not going to go see it. I mean, I'm a Zac Efron fan now, but not then, okay? I don't know. Um, but, um, but then I tried to investigate a little bit more. Well, well, who's going? And then I found out Mandy was going, some other girls. I think I was the only guy. Um, but I was like, well, Mandy's going, so I'm, I'm going to go. Um, it worked out that Mandy's roommate at the time was a, a friend of mine uh, from Xenia. And, and so I'd had a relationship with her and known her. And so she was driving. And so I was like, all right, I'm going to ride with them in the same car. And then while we're going to the movies, I'm going to try to make it to where it works out that I can sit next to Mandy at the movie. And so I asked her in the car, I said, like, you've seen all these movies, right? Because she's a huge Zac Efron fan. And she's like, yeah. And I was like, well, I haven't seen any of them. So uh, is, is it okay if I, like, sit next to you and you can fill me in on what I'm missing? And, uh, hey, it worked, okay? Um, <laughs> I still have the ticket in my office as well. But, um, but we began to start this relationship, and we began to talk a little bit more after that night. And uh, we ended up having, like, three out of five classes together that semester. And uh, we really began to, to begin to foster that relationship and to see, hey, this is something we want to continue to in invest in. Uh, graduation came, and she was going to Abingdon, Virginia, in Southern Virginia, uh, to do a children's ministry internship for a full year. Um, so she was, had already committed to that. She wasn't going to give that up because she didn't know if she wanted to be with me, all those things, which made sense. Um, but we decided, hey, we're going to try this thing uh, long distance. And so uh, we did a year and a half long distance in our relationship to where that really then began to drive our relationship closer and closer together. Because when you spend two to three hours a night on the phone with someone, uh, you have to put distractions aside. You have to focus in on uh, what's happening, or you may fall asleep. I did maybe a few times. But, um, but we just really put in the work. And we both would say still today that during that season, we felt closer together than we really ever have because we had to get rid of the distractions and push aside to focus in on that relationship. The same is true when it comes to our relationship with God. He longs to have that same type of intimate relationship with us. 
and that we have to push the distractions aside. We have to find the time, make sacrifices to make that a priority uh, in our lives each and every day. See, whatever it takes to have the uninterrupted time with Jesus through, through prayer and reading his word, take the necessary steps to do it. Um, spending time with God is, is not mysterious. It's pretty simple. Um, but the, and the impact that it can make in your life as you do it consistent is greater and deeper than any other way you can spend your time. And with that, just the understanding of relationships and understanding of time, uh, we know that time matters, right? That our, our time with one another, if we want to grow it, if we want to see this exponential growth, uh, it matters. Uh, and so over the past year, I've been, I've been working out uh, from a, a good friend of mine encouraged me uh, to start working out. And we, we, we started 5 a.m. in the morning. So I'm not, I was never a morning person. Uh, I am now. But a, year, over, a little over a year ago, we said, hey, 5 a.m., we're going to go work out. So that means I had to get up at 4.30. Um, and he was there to hold me accountable, and we started doing that. Uh, he also was someone who, who worked out pretty regularly and still does. And, uh, but he kind of built in this rhythm for me of, hey, like, here's how you actually work out. Here's some things, exercises to do and all these things. Because uh, I could easily uh, take the time and still get up and go to the gym and, and try to go work out and just sit on a stationary bike and flip through my phone or read an article or do something, but not do anything uh, related to the bike or exercise. That is time not well spent. There was no intentionality or thought there. Uh, but when we go and we exercise and we work out, there are certain things that we do each and every day uh, because we want to build certain aspects or work on certain things. And so there's intentionality and thought and a plan that's put in place. And over time, uh, that habit of working out also uh, greatly affected my habit of spending time with God. Because I would get up at 4.30 in the morning, go work out from 5 to 6, come home, everyone's still in bed, and I would have that car time, that distraction-free time uh, to focus in on what God was saying and reading of his word and praying, then do a little dishes, get the kids up, get them breakfast. As so that rhythm became the norm, uh, I've kind of fallen off of that, so you can hold me accountable, ask me sometime how I'm doing in that. But of getting back into that rhythm, finding the time, uh, Go back to this paper illustration I did earlier. Uh, if, you have, if you have a Bible, like, just feel or, you know, how thin uh, one of these pieces of paper is. Uh, for consistency's sake, because some are thicker and thinner than others, uh, let's say it's one one-thousandth of a centimeter thick, uh, which is pretty thin, and so it's not thick at all. Uh, but imagine it being the size of a newspaper, uh, so just a, a big folded-out open newspaper. Uh, the piece of paper is as thick as a Bible, you begin to fold it in half, right? It's going to double, right? You keep folding it in half, and you keep going and going. So you're going to go to two one-thousandths, eight, uh, four one-thousandths, eight one-thousandths, sixteen one-thousandths. At 17 folds, uh, you would be um, at 131 centimeters. Um, or you could say that's a, a roughly close to four feet. Um, and if you keep folding it on top of each other, at, at 25 folds, uh, you'd be just over 1,100 feet uh, so for a visual purpose, think of the Empire State Building. It's just shy of that. Keep folding it on top of itself. Uh, if, if we could, um, at 30 folds, we, we'd be able to travel the distance of 6.67 miles. Okay? And then we keep going another five folds and, or 10 folds. And at 40 folds, uh, we'd be able to go to 6,832 miles. Uh, imagine that's where satellites in space are placed. 
that's the distance at, at, at 40 folds. At 45 folds, uh, we would be able to travel to the moon. And at 46 folds, we'd be able to come back. The exponential growth, when we begin to lay over uh, these, this habit or these, these things over and over and over again, the compound interest that comes and the growth that occurs, uh, imagine what could happen in our daily lives when we begin to apply that same principle uh, to be true in our spending time with God. So think about this. What would your relationship with God look like if over the next 30 days you begin to fold over half a piece of paper on top of each other, uh, day after day, the habit of spending time with him, the growth that would occur versus the, just the growth that would occur of 30 random days the rest of your life. You're going to see exponential growth when we begin to put this into practice day after day, over and over again. And we don't spend time with God because it's an obligation. It's not something we do to check off our list. We spend time with God because it helps us know him better because time with God grows your relationship with God. And the reality is the more time we spend with him, the more time we're gonna wanna spend with him. And so this month, we wanna challenge you to, to begin to plant some seeds, uh, to allow some habits to take root and choose just one way you're gonna spend time with him. It doesn't have to be an, an all night stay on a mountain. Uh, it could be just reading a few verses here and there, going out in creation and talking to him on your walks and praying. Um, it could be just reading a, a Bible plan. But allow that to begin to happen day after day after day. See, an old Chinese proverb says this, the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. Uh, the second best time is now. And so today, allow this habit of spending time with him become something that becomes every day um, the consistency because ongoing consistency is better than short-term intensity. You don't have to start where you want to end. Just start where you are. And this morning, what I love about how we end our services is that we, we take a time of communion. Um, and each week, this time is built into our service uh, to do exactly what we've been talking about, is to spend time with him, uh, to, to, to reflect and remember what he's done for us, um, what, who he's called us to be, uh, who he says we can be. And so we, we come and we just have honest conversation. God, thank you for this week. Uh, thank you for this, this joy that has happened or thank you for being there in the midst of this pain uh, this week. I don't understand where everything's gonna go, but I know you're there and I can trust. And so we remember who, who God is in our lives. I remember the sacrifice that he made for us so that we could have a relationship with him. So this morning, as you take the bread, as you take the juice, Allow that to just be a time to where we intentionally sit down and we focus, distraction-free, and just remember who God is or who we can be if we allow him to be in our lives. I'm going to pray, and we're going to take communion. Father, we thank you for this morning, and we thank you for the time that we have um, to be reminded of, of who you are and who you can be in our lives if we allow you to. We thank you for the, the reminder that you initiated a relationship with us first by dying on the cross for us so that we could be in relationship with you each and every day. So Father, help us find the margin, the time uh, to be able to put these habits into place, into practice. Father, I'm excited to see uh, the growth that can happen and that will happen when we begin to, to put that time uh, into practice. So Father, let us take this time to begin to focus in on you and what you've done for us.
It's your son's name we pray. Amen.
close this morning, I just wanted to encourage you to, to take that step, take that challenge, uh, to, to begin understanding more and more of who God can be in your lives and who he is and allow his word and prayer uh, to be the, the, the main driver of that and just having conversations with one another. Start that dialogue. Um, as, as you leave this morning, you'll see in our missions area, there's uh, some people who've been walking around with some NCC uh, shirts and things, and uh, you can learn more information about maybe how to get one of those. Some of those look really nice. Um, and so all that helps goes towards our, our mission team, um, and it gives you a, a cool shirt or a sweatshirt or a T-shirt. And so uh, be sure to check that out. Um, just thank you for being here this morning, and we look forward to having you back next week. I'm going to pray to end, and, uh, and we'll be dismissed. Father, we thank you for this morning, and we just uh, are grateful uh, for the time that we have uh, to come here corporately, uh, to be encouraged, to be equipped, to be refreshed, um, and to uh, be ready to, to go out each and every day, uh, to continue to, to spend that time with you. Uh, so, Father, help us find the margin, help us put into practice uh, the habit, uh, find the rhythm that's going to work for us, bring people alongside of us to hold us accountable so that we can grow not only our relationship with you, but with others as well. It's your son's name we pray. Amen.